0: It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
1: This is Asked and Answered. Questions. With Tom Opperman and Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola.
2: Well, Steelers took care of business in Seattle last weekend, which means they set up a meeting with the Ravens in week 18 with a chance to still get into the playoff labs. And we were just talking off the air before we started this podcast, you know, the scenarios to get in. It's not just win and hope for either a Buffalo loss or a Jacksonville loss. Those are the easiest paths, but... know there's still ways that the Steelers could lose this game against Baltimore and get in there's still ways the Steelers could pull out the sixth seed if things fall in their favor Uh, there is still a lot of variables in this equation
1: yeah and um, I remember back in the day when I was uh, an energetic younger (laughs) um, person doing this I would always you know try and figure out all the tiebreakers and calculate common opponents and you know, strength of victory and all that stuff, and now I just, you know, look for it on the interweb, let other people do that. But um, there are, you know, there is a chart that exists, um, the AFC seeding possibilities, and there are four different scenarios where the Steelers could lose to the Ravens and still make the playoffs as a seventh seed. There are also, four scenarios where the Steelers, if they win, could be the sixth seed. So, yeah, there's there's still a whole lot uh, going on and and, and uh, kind of hanging in the balance. And, um, you know, that's one of the reasons, to be uh, frank with you, I'm glad uh, the Steelers play 430 on Saturday because yes. that clears up a lot of it. um you know, you see whether they win or lose, and then, you know, you can kind of start watching the games on Sunday, uh, and when I'm doing that, I'll have my chart with me. Trust trust me on that.
2: <laughs> like a pocket constitution, just sitting in your back pocket, you pull out the chart yeah. <laughs> to refer to it at any time.
1: exactly. Exactly.
2: Well, the Steelers will be trying to get that win against the Ravens. Uh, not sure who the starters will be for Baltimore. I'm assuming it won't be Lamar Jackson. That'll probably avail itself later in the week. But Mason Rudolph will start for the Steelers' labs. Tomlin had his weekly press conference on Monday this week since the game's on Saturday, and really no hesitation there, was there, for him naming Rudolph a starter for third week in a row.
1: No, I mean, I, I you know, it, it would have – the decision that he made did not – surprised me at all, it would have shocked me if he didn't make the decision that he made. Um, Mason Rudolph's just playing too well. And the way the team is responding to him, both on the field, you know, and, and it seems in the locker room, you know, you had that um, little ceremony after the Bengals game where Cam Hayward, who's the team captain, presented Mason Rudolph with, you know, the game ball. Um, you know, I just think that there's too much feel-good and momentum and, you know, all of that stuff kind of trending that way uh, in terms of Mason Rudolph being the quarterback. And you're still in, you know, must-win situations for the most part. Why, why would you want to mess with that? Right. Um, and I, I just think that this is going to, you know, I don't know how long it continues. It, you know, the last game could be Saturday. You know, the last game could be the first Sunday in February, Um, and either way, uh, as long as the Steelers keep winning, it's going to be Mason Rudolph, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know anything for sure, but I just, you know, if they keep winning and get into the playoffs and they win their first game with him there, (laughs) or if they win on uh, Saturday and get into the playoffs, you're going to change the quarterback then? I mean, I would be shocked. And so, yeah, this is this is Mason Rudolph's team right now. Um, you know, I don't know that that has a shelf life beyond the 2023 season, whenever that happens to end for the Steelers. Um, but right now it's Mason Rudolph's team, I think.
2: Well, the Steelers are still trying to get into the playoffs. Uh, it'll come down to Week 18 for them. But two other chuckleheads in the division have already clinched, the Ravens and the Browns. And Labs, uh, I mean, not only are these two teams hated by Steelers Nation, but, I mean, you got Joe Flacco quarterbacking the Cleveland Browns too. So you've got a, an old hated rival leading a new <laughs> rival to the playoffs. Um, uh, it might come down to this Sophie's Choice for Steelers Nation. So I'm going to ask you this first. Who would you rather move on to the Super Bowl, Baltimore or Cleveland? Because I think there's a realistic, sh- obviously for the Ravens, but the way the Browns and Flacco have been playing, you can't tell me they don't have a real shot either
1: yeah i mean and you know the and the thing about it is i always have believed that one of the base reasons that the steelers and steelers fans hated the ravens so much and why that was such an intense rivalry right from the beginning you know when baltimore um or excuse me when the ravens you know uh debuted in the nfl for the 1996 season because you know The Baltimore Ravens, that was Modell's team, Art Modell's team. And Art Modell was the longtime Cleveland Browns owner. So those Ravens in 96, 97, they were the Browns. I mean, you know, the roster was remarkably similar. Um, And so, you know, I I think that that was really at the root of a lot of the bitterness. Okay, so now you have the old Browns and the new Browns, (laughs) kind of. They're both good. yeah, I mean if okay, you're making me make this choice. Uh I'd rather see the Browns. I mean, I I, mm. I don't know. There's something about um you know, the surname Harbaugh just <laughs> just bothers me. Then, it the wrong way, la- right. Yeah, and last night didn't do much for my uh frame of mind either. Michigan beating <laughs> Alabama. Not that I'm an Alabama fan, but Um, you know,
2: again, surname Harbaugh,
1: (laughs) surname Harbaugh. Nobody can convince me that there wasn't a lot, there wasn't some, uh, you know, illegalities happening with the sign stealing stuff, you know?
2: Oh, you don't Uh, think they stopped cold Turkey labs? You don't think they just dropped that? No problem. Whenever the NCAA started to say something.
1: Yeah. And I also don't think that 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 guy who, what, what I don't even remember his name at this point was acting alone. Like he was some lone (laughs) wolf and, the head coach didn't know what was going on you know so yeah no i don't believe that either um but yeah i, I guess i would i would uh i would have to hold my nose extra tight and root for the browns yeah
2: I think I would agree with you in that scenario. So, But but let's just root for the Bills, you know, if the Steelers don't get in, of course. If Steelers get in, root for the Steelers. But if not, I mean, Buffalo, go ahead and knock out the Ravens and the Browns. Do us a, a good favor here in Steelers Nation. I, c- I could stomach Buffalo a little bit easier than those other two teams.
1: Well, and if, and if, and if force comes to worse, go Kyle Shanahan.
2: Ugh, we don't want to get to that point. Yeah, well, (laughs) hopefully we don't have to get there for that last last chance at knocking out Baltimore or Cleveland. Let's get to this week's questions. We've got a ton of them to get into and we start with Fernando Areza from Miami, Florida who asks, in your opinion, what is a realistic expectation for a backup quarterback? I'm of the opinion that since more than half the teams are looking to replace the starting quarterback at any given moment, if the backup isn't the number one reason the game was lost, he did his job.
1: Um, okay, let me start out with a fun fact. Uh, Mason Rudolph was the 58th different starting quarterback in the NFL during the 2023 regular season. Okay, so that gives, you know, um, Fernando mentioned uh, more than half the teams are looking to replace a starting quarterback at any given moment. Um, you know uh, 58 is it probably means uh, it's more than half, even though some teams I think did it a couple of times. Um, either by because of injury or performance, okay. Um, you know, I just think that not being the reason that the team lost the game is the absolute minimum requirement. Um, you know, for a backup quarterback, uh, I, I I need to think that a, a backup quarterback needs to be more than that. Um, you know, back in the NFL, backup quarterback is more than just a job; it's a role. Teams. Um, Look for and try and cultivate players for that role uh, a lot more than just you know having a couple of guys competing for the starting job and the guy who doesn't get it is the backup. I mean, I I think that there is more that goes into that than just that. So, um, you know, so the guy in that role as the backup, he has to be able to create or. Um, attain a, a respectable level of preparedness without getting a lot of on-field repetitions in practice. He has to develop a relationship with the players, uh, both the guys he's going to be working w- um, with when called from the sideline into the huddle, and you know he he also needs to understand, as Mike Tomlin talked about with Mason Rudolph, you need to be aggressive, um, but you you can't become the reason that the team is losing by turning the ball over um, so you know there's a lot of things that go along with it and then the other thing is and I don't think Mitch trubisky did this very well uh, you got to be able to execute the routine things routinely uh, and all of that is difficult under a lot of the realities the day-to-day realities of an NFL quarterback who is not the starter so yeah it's it's not as it's more than just don't be the primary reason they lose.
2: Ben Clanker from Fulton, Illinois on a two point conversion. If the quarterback is tackled behind the line of scrimmage, does that count as a sack?
1: Um, The only stat awarded to any individual player during a two point conversion play is uh, the guy who actually gets the ball into the end zone is awarded two points. Um, There's no pass attempts rush attempts, yardage um, for any of the offensive people. And then if the defense holds or prevents whoever it is uh, from getting into the end zone, no statistics are awarded to any of them
2: either. Andrew Sherbick from Portsmouth, Virginia. Considering how well Mason Rudolph played against the Bengals on December 23rd, should the Steelers move Rudolph past Mitch Trubisky on the depth charts? The almighty depth Um, chart labs.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Depth charts late in a regular season are meaningless, in my opinion. Um, The only issue here is who's named the starter for the game in Baltimore. And on Monday, Mike Tomlin said the starter would be Mason Rudolph. Uh, At that point, a depth chart is nothing except a piece of paper.
2: Uh, Christopher Gibson from Menelapin, New Jersey. If the Steelers were to win out, get the help they need, and make the playoffs. Would any of the players on injured reserve or suspended be eligible to come back and play in the postseason, assuming they are over their in-season injuries and suspensions?
1: Okay, uh, when DeMonte Casey um, was suspended and then he appealed, the result of the appeal was that he would be eligible to play in the playoffs if the Steelers made it. So that's the answer to the suspended part. Uh, as for guys on the injured reserve list, you know they would be eligible, first of all, if they were healthy, obviously, and if they had spent the required four games on the list, IR. The only other factor uh, is the NFL rule that applies to the number of teams a team may designate players to return from IR over the course of a season. So you can have any particular team or every every individual team can have eight players return from injured reserve to the 53-man active roster or the practice squad per season. So um, an individual also player can return from IR a a maximum number of twice per season, but each time that particular individual returns counts against the team's allotted eight designations. So, you know, depending upon the numbers, um, I I think that um, if you know there is a possibility that some guys could return if they're healthy, because I don't think the Steelers are close yet to the eight numbers, uh, the number eight that is the limit.
2: I don't want to make any assumptions, but if you've had to deal with eight guys coming off of your IR throughout the season, making the playoffs seems a little far fetched in my mind. Herculean effort,
1: right? It it certainly has tested your depth chart.
2: Michael Johnson from Houston, Texans, Houston, Texas asks, first, thanks for yet another year from you sharing your knowledge and sense of humor. I think he's talking about you there, but I'll take a little <laughs> bit of credit too.
1: Please, <laughs> No, cl- <laughs> I, I'll give it to you.
2: Please clarify. With regard to overtime rules, if a missed field goal is returned for a touchdown on the opening drive, does the game end?
1: Yes. Uh, in that scenario, the team returning the missed field goal uh, would be considered on defense, and a defensive touchdown on the opening possession of overtime ends the game. so if it was for example, a you know a long field goal attempt that a guy caught in the end zone and ran back right yes, that's the end if the kick is blocked, scooped, and scored by the the um, defense quote unquote, yes, that's a touchdown. the game ends,
2: John Miller from Fort Myers, Florida. In my group of friends, I am the rules expert. I generally know the answers. I am completely confused by the last play before the two-minute warning of the first half against Cincinnati on December 23rd. Jalen Warren catches a pass, gains nine yards, and runs out of bounds with 2.08 on the clock. Moving forward, does not fumble. The clock briefly stops, but then runs to the two-minute warning. Why did the clock not stop?
1: Okay, the rule uh, for this is that The clock is stopped on out-of-bounds plays during the final two minutes of the first half and during the final five minutes of the second half. Okay, so as John uh, stated, Jalen Warren ran out-of-bounds with two minutes and eight seconds left in the first half. So the clock was stopped briefly to set the ball and then started again until the two-minute warning and then stopped again. So I know it's shocking for me to say this. The officials made the correct Mm -hmm. call. And they uh, followed the correct procedure.
2: And we're very grateful, those of us that work in this industry, that those are the rules and that the clock continues to run instead of stopping every time it goes out of bounds or else the games would be yeah. an extra hour long. Yes. Uh, our final question today comes from Dana Fisher from Rockport, Maine. With my birthday being December 23rd, happy belated Dana, I've always thought it was cool that was the day that the greatest play in Steelers history and the play that was voted the greatest play in NFL history took place. How many other games have the Steelers played on that day? And what is their record in the Super Bowl era on that date, December
1: 23rd? Okay, Dana's question only applies to the Super Bowl era, but you know, um, I did the research all the way back. And of course just you did. At, Above and beyond. Well, just, just um, you know, to clarify, you know, back in the old days, uh, the NFL season ended early to mid-December. Yeah. It was over. So uh, it was quite a while uh, after the NFL was formed in 1925 that um, there were even games that late in the season that had the, even the uh, most um, – an opportunity to fall on December 23rd okay and of course Dana uh, is referring to the Immaculate Reception uh, as the greatest play in history okay so including this get years game on Dece- against Cincinnati on December 23rd the Steelers have played eight times in franchise history on December 23rd um, in chronological order uh, was the 13-7 uh, win over Oakland in the AFC Divisional Round in 1972. They had a 35-1 win over Cleveland in 1990, a 47-14 win over Detroit in 2001, a 17-7 win over the Buccaneers in Tampa in 2002, a 27-3 win over Carolina in 2010, a 13-10 loss to Cincinnati in 2020 a 31-28 loss to the Saints in New Orleans in 2018. Uh, and a couple of weeks ago, there was that 34-11 to 11 win over the Bengals. So that makes the Steelers 6-2 on Dana's birthday.
2: Congratulations, Dana. That's a pretty successful birthday for you as far as your Steelers are concerned. Well, Labs, this time next week when we tape up the podcast, we'll know if the Steelers are in or out. How exciting is that?
1: Um yeah, yeah, I mean, you know no, I'm not this being is... sarcastic
2: either, like every year oh. this team gives you something to root for at week eighteen, and you gotta appreciate that,
1: yes, yes, um, and uh hoping for the best where where your lucky underwear again,
2: <laughs> I promise you, I will <laughs> Steelers and Ravens Saturday four thirty kickoff game got flexed to Saturday if you hadn't heard that yet. For Bob Labriel, I'm Tom Opperman. Get your questions into labs now. Hopefully you'll hear them on a future edition. And we always appreciate you listening to Asked and Answered.
0: I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual.